come out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof to the two spies and said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye may also show kindness unto my father's house, and give me a true token, that ye will save alive my father and my mother, and my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business, and it shall be, when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days, until the pursuers be returned, and afterward ye may go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this, thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window, which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever go, shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed. And she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came unto the mountain, and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain, and passed over and came to Joshua the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. Listen to this. And they said unto Joshua, Truly, The Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of that. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you and we desperately need your help tonight. I just pray for your ability to be able to preach your word, that it would be clear, that I would communicate your truth tonight, and that we could learn more about you and how to trust you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have you ever tried to obey God? Do what God has told you to do. God has given, um, shown you through the preaching of God's Word, through your Bible reading, there's something that needs to change in your life. There's something you're doing that you need to stop doing. Or there's something that you know that you haven't been doing that you need to start doing. Like reading your Bible more consistently or showing up to services more consistently or something. There's something that God wants you to do. And you go out and you try to do that and you've fallen flat on your face and completely flopped it. 
I think we've all been there a time or two or maybe more as we go throughout our lives and said, I'm trying to do what God wants me to do, but it doesn't always work out the way it should, the way that even God wants it to work out in our, in our lives. Because we are not able to live the Christian life. I know I've said this many times, and pastor says this many times, but it's a fact that goes against our human nature, is that we cannot live the Christian life on our own. We cannot do what God wants us to do without the help and the grace of God. Without God working in our lives and giving us the ability to do it, we cannot do what God wants us to do. Because in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. In fact, we cannot overcome the devil by ourselves. We cannot overcome public enemy number one, our flesh, by ourselves. We can't make ourselves do what we should do. It isn't this, the Christianity isn't this rigid form of discipline where you force yourself to live according to the Bible. No, it actually should be an outpouring of the Spirit of God in our lives. As we have God living in us, the Christian life should be the natural result of what's going on. Because we can't do it on our own. It is only through the power of God that we can overcome the world, the flesh, the devil, as we try to live for God. In fact, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without um, believing in God and obeying God and having the Spirit of God in our life and obeying because that is what God said, we can't even please God without faith. Yet God gives us some very specific things that He desires us to do because He wants to receive glory Through our lives. He wants to receive glory. He wants to be able in the ages to come. If you read Ephesians chapter 2. He wants to show the riches of his grace in our lives. How he took us as weak, frail people. In our vain attempts to live for God. In our failures. And he took our lives and did great things with it. I was thinking about this and I thought of a story. You may have heard the story before. But it's a great story. There was a little boy who was trying to learn the piano. How many have ever tried to learn a musical instrument? You've tried to learn a musical instrument. And have you ever heard someone who is trying to learn practice a musical instrument? At times, it can be sheer torture. Trying to, if you have to consistently listen, or if you're trying to learn an instrument, it can get very tedious as the exercises are do, 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 or whatever, whatever instrument you're trying to learn, or you're trying to play a, um, a wind instrument, the trumpet, and you are bl- uh, blowing and putting as much air as you possibly can, and nothing is coming out. But there was a story, and this is where the little boy was. He was at that point where he was losing any enthusiasm that he had once had to learn to play the piano. And so his mother had this great idea. I am going to take him to a concert to this, hear this amazing pianist play. And that will encourage him to say, wait a second, it's worth the effort to go into it. It's worth the work. Maybe one day you could play like this guy. She wanted to encourage him with the possibilities of learning the instrument. So she buys the tickets and she takes her son to this concert. And they are sitting waiting for the concert to begin. And suddenly she looks around and he's gone. He's disappeared. 
And she starts frantically looking for her son. And to her horror, just she is just going to melt on the floor in embarrassment. She sees her son walk on the stage to the concert pianist where the piano, where the, con- the pianist hasn't come in yet. And he comes walking on the stage. He just sees a piano and starts sitting down and playing chopsticks. Just, I don't know, but it's basically this little ditty that, um, if, even if you don't know how to play the piano, you learn how to play chopsticks, basically. Kind of the similar idea of heart and soul where people just sit down and bang on the piano. And she is mortified because the curtains have opened. And he's just, he doesn't see the people. He's just sitting there playing the piano. And then the concert pianist comes walking in behind him. And suddenly he looks up and sees him and realizes, I'm not supposed to be here. He looks out and sees the crowd. But the concert pianist whispers in the little boy's ear, just keep playing. So he keeps hitting out his chopstick notes. And he stands over the little boy and turns it into a masterpiece. He just starts playing all over the piano. And you can hear the little boy doing chopsticks. But that concert pianist takes it and turns it into something beautiful. Isn't that what God wants to do with our lives? We sit there and all we can get out is... Doink, 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 doink. But if we'll let God, if we will obey the little things that God has told us to do, that's what God wants to do with our lives. God wants to come in behind us and make such, use our simple obedience to make such beautiful music that only He can get the glory. And that's God's goal for our lives now. And that was God's goal for the lives of the children of Israel. Back in Joshua, as they were getting ready to move into the land, God wanted all the nations around them to know that he was God in heaven. God wanted all the nations around them to see what a wonderful God he was and see how powerful he was. So the children of Israel, as we've in the last two sermons I've preached, they're on the brink. They're preparing to move finally into the promised land. And Joshua has spent time with God. He spent time preparing the people. And now he wants, he needs to know how to move forward a little bit. So he's going to send two spies secretly to gather information so they can be prepared to move forward. Now, it's important to know, some people say, this is a lapse of faith on Joshua. He was doubting God for sending two spies into the land. Well, we, we look in the Bible, nowhere does God condemn Joshua for sending two spies into the land. In fact, God blesses the two spies in the mission. God used this masterfully in God's greater plan. Joshua, here's what he was doing. He was simply acting upon what he knew God wanted him to do. He knew God wanted them to take the land. He knew God wanted them to cross over the Jordan and conquer Jericho. That was the first city that was in front of them. It had been 40 years since Joshua had been in Canaan. None of the other children of Israel had been in Canaan. And it was 40 years ago that Joshua had been one of the 12 spies in the land of Canaan. 
And so he said, I'm going to send two people ahead to scout the land to see, you know, where, where are we going to set up camp? Just, it was simple planning ahead. It wasn't some lapse of faith. He's saying, God is taking us into the land. It was, in fact, more of an act of faith. This is what God is going to do, so I'm going to take steps, so I'm ready to do it when God says go. So he sends these two spies into land. Because he realized, from, from knowing the land a little bit, from being in there, most likely, from talking to other people, he said, Jericho is going to be the first step to conquering the land. Because they were here at a place called Chittim, that was about seven miles east or west of the Jordan River. They had to keep going, or I'm sorry, east, they had to keep going west, cross the Jordan River, and then just a couple miles past Jordan River was Jericho. It was guarding that area. If they were going to move into the land, if they were going to accomplish all that God wanted them to do, they would have to start with Jericho. And just a side, an important lesson to learn here, is spiritual vic- the victory was not going to be some massive one-time battle. It was going to be steps. This is what I need to do today. This is the battle we need to fight today. This is where we need to go. Joshua wasn't saying, we got to conquer the whole land right now. And just as a side, when we are trying to do, what, when God has shown us something to do, whether it's through our missions giving or living a holy life, whatever, whatever it is, we can all put it in. We got to take, wait a second, all right, what is the next step God wants me to do? If we look at the whole thing, wow, I'm supposed to be like Jesus, that's never going to happen. That can be discouraging. But God, what God wants us to do is take His Word. What's the next step? What do we need to do next? What needs to be, what is the next battle I need to fight? And that's what Joshua was doing. He was breaking it down and saying, this is what we need to do next. We need to be prepared to cross the Jordan River, conquer Jericho. So he sends his two spies in. So, and says, this is what we need to do. We need to know what's going on. He says he sent them in secretly to spy out the land. Even Jericho. This was done in secret and was done trying to prepare the way to accomplish God's will. But at the outset, their mission meets with total failure. All right. They were not good spies. This is not a textbook story for how to spy because read. um, I can't help but get a little humor out of this. Maybe um, you'll get it, too. But it says in verse number two. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight. They're saying they hadn't even been in Jericho more than a couple hours before they were already discovered. It says they go into Rahab's house and there's already messengers in the king's court saying, We've got two spies from Israel in here. These, these guys apparently hadn't, hadn't taken Special training. They were not black ops agents. These were regular guys that Joshua had said, hey, go check this thing out. They come walking in. Maybe they were trying too hard. Use your imagination a little bit. Maybe they were trying way too hard. Or maybe they weren't trying to conceal themselves at all. But within a matter of hours of them walking into the city, the king of Jericho already knew where, not only that they were in town, he knew where they were. And sent his, sent his soldiers to go get him. You could say, mission failed, right? They, they hadn't even had time to get any information. The entire city of Jericho, alright, was in a complete state of terror. We're gonna find that out from Rahab in a little bit. But they were on super 
alert. High height, when you say red alert. Years ago after um, September 11th, they would announce the terror alert, the color code. Each day they say yellow, or very high would be red alert, something like that. That's what the city of Jericho was on. They were on super watch list. The whole army was turned out the whole time. And here comes these two spies, and they're spotted immediately. They would not have even had a chance to learn the information they were trying to learn. It was complete failure. However, we can be thankful that God's plan is not dependent upon our resources and our abilities. Because God uses our inabilities to show His abilities. God uses our failures to show how that He can do something. Because, you know what God does with these two spies? Joshua was trying to move forward, trying to act in faith upon what God wanted him to do. And God takes their inadequate efforts, and completely intervenes. First, God allows the spies to spend the night at Rahab's house. Alright? There's a lot of talk about who Rahab was. Rahab was a pagan woman in a pagan city who had spent her life living for the devil. That's who Rahab was. She, up to that time... Until a couple years ago, she hadn't even known the God of Israel existed. She had been living for the things of this world. But God allows the spies to go to the one house in Jericho where one person believed in God. How can you say that's anything else than God? Where God takes these two spies who were so inadequate in what they were doing. They were caught within hours, literally. They were discovered. And God sends them to Rahab's house. The one person who believed in Jericho. Also, to one of the few houses that they would be able to escape from later. It was in the house on the wall. God sends them to that. Also, God has already intervened in the life of Rahab. God's already been working in the life of Rahab. Um, first, she had heard, um, verse number four, and when the woman took the two men and hid them and said, and then she, and said, and then said thus, there came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out whither the men went. I wot not pursue after them quickly for ye shall overtake them. God sends her, God sends these spies to Rahab. And she takes them and she hides them. But she lies about it. A lot of people argue, is this condoning the lies? No. God's word is not condoning her sin here. But what the Bible does, you can go to the book of Hebrews and said, By faith, Rahab, perished not with them that believed not when she received the spies in peace. What the... What the we, What God is trying to communicate about Rahab here is she had heard of this God. Let's go to verse number 9. And she said unto the men, when she comes up after she sent the soldiers away, she's taken the two spies and hidden them on her roof. And she said to the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up 
the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. That was over like 41 years ago. And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites, that was more recently, that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Why? For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. She had heard of this God and heard of the miracles that God had performed in the lives of His people. She, the stories had been coming with travelers coming on the grapevine as news travels into the land of Canaan for years now. You know, there's this group that was slaves in Egypt and their God parted the Red Sea for them. Opened up the Red Sea. They're, they have defeated these armies on the other side of Jordan. God is... Their God has given them these great victories. There's, their God is special. There, something is going on with these people. It's not natural. They, they have a God that overcomes the, any obstacle before them. And everyone in the land of Canaan, everyone in Jericho, she said, our hearts did melt. Just disappeared. Gone. There was no courage in any man. It was utter terror. That was one of the greatest weapons during World War II that the Germans would use when they were invading a country. They had stuff set up so that they would terrorize their opponents and they wouldn't be able to fight. But God here, through the lives of His people, had done such great miracles that the people of Jericho had already heard about it. They'd done such great miracles that they said... We can't stand before them. Their hearts were melted. They were all afraid. But Rahab realized that it was God who was doing these miracles and turned in faith to God. She said, your God, He is God in heaven above. Not only is He God above, but He's God here in earth beneath. He is in control of everything. This understanding had made her realize that Israel's God was God, that it was in complete control. And she, against the will of her people, against her king, she takes it and she's willing to risk her life to hide the spies, to honor God's people because she was going to serve God because she had come to believe in God. And God blessed Rahab's faith. Even as Joshua was trying to prepare his people to move forward, he sends these two spies. He's trying to do things. And God uses these two spies to go find Rahab. Someone who was a pagan woman in a pagan city, but had heard about God through the lives of God's people. She had heard about what God could do because she'd heard about the... She hadn't seen any of these miracles. In fact, something that is... Greatly contrasted here is the fact in Hebrews where it says, She perished not with them that did not believe. You know that the people, that the nation of Israel, the first generation, who had actually participated in some of these miracles, didn't believe God the way Rahab had believed God. The people who had walked through the Red Sea, other than Joshua and Caleb, didn't enter into the Promised Land. Anyone over 20 years old didn't get because they didn't believe God. And here we have a pagan woman 
who has only heard of these stories, but she realized that this has to be God. And it doesn't matter what it is, I am going to put my faith in this God. And when God brings two spies who don't know what they're doing under my roof, I'm going to act upon my faith because of what God is, and I'm going to make some decisions here to honor this God and serve this God. And Rahab's faith not only saved her life, but saved the lives of her family and the life of her spies. And the life of the spies. And then the spies safely return through her leadership. She, tell, she tells them, go hide in the mountain for three days so till the soldiers who are looking for you come back. Then you'll be able to safely go to Joshua. They listen to her advice. She gives them good counsel. And they safely return. And they tell Joshua, we went and we would have been caught except for this Rahab lady. She saved her life and she believes in God. And we told her that if she's in her house, that she will be safe when we go into land. She said, I know the Lord's going to give you this land. And then also, look at verse number 24. And they said unto Joshua, truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land. He says, truly God with delivered, it has the idea of like a gift. It says, God has given us this land. God has taken the land like, like He said He would. He's given it to us. In fact, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. You know, that was something that God had promised prior to them going to the land. You go back into the book of Deuteronomy and it said, the land of the, I'm going to send a spirit in them and they're not going to be able to stand before you. I'm going to send a terror on them and they're going to be afraid of you and they won't be able to fight against you. He had said that back in Exodus. Joshua, God had just told Joshua, neither shall any man stand before you. And here's what the spies come back. They come back after talking with Rahab and Rahab communicating what actually is going on to them. They come back and they tell Joshua, they're scared because of us. We're not an army. We're not a warlike people. But they're terrified because of us. You know what they're saying? God's doing just what He said He was going to do. You know what? We went into the land. We went to make sure. We took a step of faith trying to make sure it was ready to step forward. And you know what we found out? God was already doing what He was said He was going to do. That's what they found out. In fact, God used Joshua's small steps of obedience, His small acts of faith. He used His little bit as He was trying to obey God and just trying to step forward. God used those little things to accomplish His greater plan. God's, part of God's greater plan was to rescue Rahab from, Peg, from the city of Jericho. Why? Because she believed God. He, there was, and it just goes evidence to show the mercy of God that God would take this lady out of Jericho and save her. Because, but it was her faith. She believed God. And God rescued her. The king of Jericho had heard the exact same stories. But rather than turning to God, what did he do when he heard the spies came into land? He tried to protect himself. He tried to, he said, we're, we, we are, um, we're trying to fight against these people. But Rahab, she said, this is God. And I'm going to believe him. And I'm going to trust him. And I'm going to be change my life behavior to live according to this God. 
And God used Joshua's small acts of faith, his small attempts at obeying God, his chopsticks, so to speak, to begin to work his master plan of saving Rahab, of conquering the city, of showing the fact that he was already doing what he promised to do to in that land, to Joshua and to the people, to encourage them, to show them, listen, I'm God. I'm doing what I promised to do. I am going to do it. I'm already doing it. You can trust me. In this story, God showed his sovereign control. The fact that he led the spies to Rahab, such a way that they would be protected, in such a way that her house was on the wall that they could escape, He allowed the spies to preserve Rahab because of her faith in God. God is here in control of this circumstance, working everything out the way He wanted to. God uses His people to show others His power. You know, it was Israel's obedience when they said, Alright, God, in the book of Exodus, when they left the land of Canaan, and they followed Moses through the Red Sea, God uses His people To show His mighty power to others around us. As we live for God, as we try to do what God tells us to do, and we do even those small, seemingly insignificant acts of faith, and then God is able to do something mighty through it, God wants to use yours, God wants to use my life to show His power to other people. That's how Rahab heard about who God was. Because Israel went through the Red Sea. It wasn't wasn't them who went through the Red Sea. God parted the waters for them. But they were there and went through. God wants to use His people to show others His power. And God showed His people that they could trust Him to do just what He said. When they came back to Joshua and they said, Listen, truly the Lord has delivered this land into our hands. You know what? We don't need to be scared. They saw some of the same cities, those walled cities, that the ten tribes saw earlier 40 years ago, who said, we, can't, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. We can't go up before them. They saw some of the same giants in that city that the other spies would have saw, seen. But here's what they said. Truly, the Lord has delivered them into our hands, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. They're scared out of their ever-loving minds. They have no idea. They're, they're not there standing there ready to withstand us. They're, in a high, they're just scared. They're in a high state of terror. They don't know what's going on because of us. And you know what they said? God's delivered this land into our hands. God's already doing what He said we could do. As we move forward trying to do what um, God wants us to do, God's already done what He promised He could do. God's fulfilling His promises. This is going to happen. God's giving us this land. He's put that spirit of terror in the people. And I believe what God wants us to learn tonight is, you know what we need to do as we try to obey God even in seemingly insignificant ways? Or as we try, we look at our lives and we're saying, this is what I'm supposed to be and and there's no way And I'm just trying to focus on doing this one little thing. You know what we need to do? Is just believe God. Just believe God. What has God given you to do? What has God shown you through His Word? We just had our missions conference. 
What has God shown you to do in the area of missions? Or living daily, showing up to church services. Whatever you, that God is working on your life, you want to put in there. Just believe God. God will use our small acts of faith to accomplish His greater plans. Trust that God is already doing what He said He would do. When we take our, when God says, listen, if you obey me in this area, I am, this is the goal that I'm trying to do. This is what I want to see your life become. When we obey God, when we take those steps of obedience for God, you know what we'll find out? God is already doing what He's promised He would do. God is already ahead of us, accomplishing a plan so much greater than we could have ever imagined. We're just trying to do this one little thing. And you know what God's interested in? God's interested in that harlot in Jericho who believed on Him, which we had no idea existed. And as we try to take the little steps forward for God, God can take our insignificant, often um, inexperienced, whatever you want to put in there, not very well done efforts and work it into the greater thing that he's trying to do. Just like that pianist using that little boy's stilted, childish playing to create a masterpiece. Something that only that pianist could do. Nobody was looking at that little boy and saying, wow, you're such a great pianist. And nobody should be looking at our lives saying, wow, you're such a great person. They should be looking at us and saying, wow, you must serve a great God. That's what Rahab saw. She saw that there was a God in Israel who was God in heaven and God in earth. And God used these two spies who were found out within hours of them arriving in Jericho to meet Rahab and save her and her whole family. Rahab had already believed in God. But God used these two spies going in, in little steps, not, not some great big master plan. No. It actually, actually, it actually failed, really. But God used it. God took it and used it to accomplish His greater plans. And as we live for God each day, remember, it's not about us. What we need to do is just believe God. That God is already doing what He said He could do. We can move forward. We can, we can trust that God is already working. We don't have to say, well, I wonder if when I get to that point, God will have already, it'll be ready for me. You know, I wonder if when we get to Jericho, we'll be able to fight against them or we'll be utterly defeated. No, God had promised Joshua, no man shall be able to stand before you. And they come back and they say, Joshua, it's just like God said. It's, God's already working in that way. They're, they're terrified of us. And as we obey God, we're saying, God, you, you told me to give this amount to missions. You told me to give my co-worker that track. I don't know what's going to happen. But when we obey God, even in our little, stilted, unskilled way, God is often able to use that if we obey Him, not ourselves, to do His greater, accomplish His greater plan, to do things we never could have seen before. So how about we just believe God and obey Him? Do what God has for us today, whether it seems small 
whether it seems insignificant. And God can use that. And people will be able to look and say, there is a God that they are serving at Open Door Bible Baptist Church that changes lives. Not only is He God in heaven, He is God here on this earth. And He is accomplishing things and working through the lives of His people if we'll just believe God and obey Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for tonight. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the fact that You are God, both in heaven and here on earth, Lord. I just pray that we would just believe You and obey You. And thank You that You have chosen to use our little efforts to do something far greater than we can ever imagine, Lord. I just pray that we would see You get the glory, both now and in this coming year. In Jesus' name I pray. Just take a moment. If you need to pray, do so in your seat.